In Christian circles, and primarily in ministry, we talk a lot about servant leadership. We model our leadership style primarily after Jesus' servant leadership style, and we look to him as a way to kind of develop our own servant leadership style and how it works for us. Usually this means that we as pastors are um, willing to do things like clean the bathrooms or um, or, or to scrub the toilets or to, to sweep the floors or uh, you know, things that we feel like show that there's nothing below or yeah, there's nothing beneath us as pastors that we are willing to do. Or we go out of our way to serve others. We go out of our way to help others. You know, we do things that in our mind is, um, you know, maybe not a priority for us, but is a priority for them. And so we go out of our way and we serve people by doing things for them, meeting them in their points of crisis, in their points of need. And we try to go out of our way to help others. That's how we think that servant leadership is, is modeled. And though these are examples of servant leadership and, and certainly, um, you know, they, they show us or show others servant leadership in us. And, and we see that in Jesus's life, he went out of his way to reach others, impact others, things like that, though that is servant leadership. And though that's a component of it, it does not capture the entire essence of what serv servant leadership really is. Um, in fact, there's one component that we, most of us don't even think about, most of us don't um, operate in, and to a certain extent, almost neglect, sometimes even intentionally. Um, many of us are intentionally exercising servant leadership with, uh, without doing this one thing, this missing component. And even in some circles of ministry, we have said or, or kind of mentally, uh, you know, made this decision that this component is a negative if we do it too much. In fact, if we do this one component, this missing component, we believe that we're actually stifling the Holy Spirit. We're keeping him from being able to move. We're actually uh, not creating space and not creating uh, an atmosphere or a culture or a place in our churches for the Holy Spirit to move. And so we don't do this one component of servant leadership. And the thing is, is this is one of the things that Jesus did most often. It's really what compelled him in his servant leadership. And it's something that most of us are completely missing. So in this episode, I'm going to show you how this missing component of servant leadership not only is vital, but was exercised by Jesus on a regular basis. And when absent, actually negates everything else you're trying to do to model servant leadership. So let's get started. So the big question is this, how do pastors like us who remain focused on the mission of Jesus and serving our communities without being distracted by everything in the world around us, how do we increase our effectiveness while living a lifestyle that doesn't compromise our health, our families, or our personal relationships with Jesus? That's the question this podcast is going to answer. I'm Dr. Brandon Party Cooper, and welcome to the Ministry Hackers Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the Ministry Hackers Podcast. I hope you are doing wonderfully. It is Wednesday, right? Yeah, I think it's Wednesday today. This week is going by so fast. There are so many things going on, and I cannot actually remember what day I am in. But today's Wednesday. Many of you are getting ready for services. Many of you are preparing for what's happening tonight and for the rest of the week. Um, and so I hope it's, I hope you're doing well, hope things are going well in your corner of the world, wherever it is you are. Uh, for those who may be new to the Ministry Hackers podcast, my name is Dr. Brandon Party Cooper. I'm the founder here at Ministry Hackers. And what we do here at Ministry Hackers 
is we put all of our attention, all of our time, all of our focus in helping you as pastors and ministry leaders live your dream life in ministry. Now, I know many of us think that that's an impossibility. We even think that that's something that's way out there for other people. And even going to the extreme, some of us believe that we are not called to live dream lives in ministry because we raised our hand and we said, hey, I want to go into full-time ministry. Well, I don't think that that's true. And I believe it so much that you have a dream life in ministry that's God-designed and God-given that I want to help you find it, discover it, and live it as you serve in ministry. Now, I mentioned yesterday or a couple of days ago now, I, I mentioned that I've entered into a partnership with the Life and Leadership Ministries team. Um, they, uh, they have uh, worked very hard to develop a new tool for you, and they've allowed me to be a part of it and come alongside them and, and to uh, help develop the tool that's designed for you as pastors and ministry leaders, primarily to learn exactly where your congregation is having a hard time, where they're struggling, and really how they're missing their opportunity to live a fulfilled life in Jesus. And what it is, is it's the leading life experience. This tool is designed to help you sit down with everybody in your congregation and learn exactly what they're struggling with without actually having to sit down and have those conversations. For some of you, you pastor churches that are a lot larger. And, and if you were to sit down with uh, every individual in your church, it would take you an entire year or more to do that. Well, what this tool does, what the Leading Life Experience does, is it takes all of that time and it gives it back into your hands, as well as gives you this wonderful report that shows you exactly where your congregation is struggling, where they're uh, needing to, uh, to grow, where they need to focus their spiritual development. And the best part is, is it gives you back time so you can be about growing your, have, uh, pastoring your growing church and living your dream life in ministry. And so if you want to check out the tool, you can go to edisciple.com slash pastor. And what you'll find there is you'll find a sample assessment that is used for your congregation to go through. You'll also find a, um, a sample report that every individual that takes the assessment, so everyone in your congregation that takes the assessment will get this report. It'll show them exactly in four core areas how they can live a more fulfilled life uh, in Christ. And those reports are then aggregated for you as a pastor and ministry leader. So as you are looking ahead and you're starting to figure out what ministries you want to start, what small groups you want to develop, what classes, what curriculum, uh, even what sermons you're wanting to preach over the next coming uh, weeks and months, you will know exactly where your people are struggling right now so that as you're rolling out these new opportunities, they can be laser focused on what your congregation needs, the areas that they're struggling with. And what it'll also do for you is it'll allow you to know that if you offer whatever this new thing is that you're wanting to offer, that people will come and they will engage with it because it's hitting them right at the point that they're struggling and right at the place that they're having a hard time. And so I want to encourage you to at least check it out. You can go to edisciple.com slash pastor, sign up, get your free assessment, Get your free sample report so you can look and see how it works. And when you're ready and when you feel like you're ready to be laser focused in serving your, uh, your faith community, then you can sign up for the Leading Life Experience and get all the tools and everything that the experience um, does coming from the Life and Leadership team. And myself, I had a hand in it and was able to help out. And so if you, if you really want to check it out, go to edisciple.com slash pastor 
take the assessment, look at the report, sign up for the Leading Life Experience, and uh, start serving your congregation, your faith community with laser focus, meeting them right at the points of their needs and right where they can start growing and living a fulfilled life in Jesus. So check it out, edisciple.com slash pastor. Okay, so today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about a component of servant leadership that most of us are not exercising. And if we are, we're exercising it on accident. Now, um, many, all of us believe that servant leadership is really the one of the main leadership models that we should, we should um, adopt and function out of. Uh, we see it in Jesus' life. We see it in great leaders all across history where they take the stance of, I'm going to put followers first and I'm going to serve them for their success. I'm going to serve them for their well-being. I'm going to serve them for them to grow. And, and as pastors, that's really all we've been called to do. We've been called to uh, lead people into relationship with Jesus by serving them, pastoring them. That's really what pastoring even, you know, what pastor means is to serve others. And we are called to do this so that they can come into relationship with Jesus and, and their lives can be better. They can uh, be in relationship with Jesus. They can grow in their spiritual development. And the, the, the kingdom of God is advanced. So when we go into ministry, we don't go into it for ourselves. We go into it for other people. It's the core of who we are and how we're built and, and, and the mindset and the attitudes that we have. So adopting a servant leadership mindset is really not difficult. It's not a challenge for most of us because, you know, we're just kind of geared that way anyway, or else we wouldn't have said yes to a full-time in uh, career in ministry. At the same time, there's a component of, of, of servant leadership that most of us neglect and are missing out on. And that I want to bring to our attention because it's so vital. And like I said, in the opener can, if we're not doing it almost negates everything else we're doing. And that component, that missing component that I'm talking about is exercising foresight. Now, as many of you know, in the ministry hacker community, I have my doctorate in strategic leadership foresight. So I've mentioned foresight before we've kind of touched on it before, but really what foresight is, what it really comes down to is it's the ability to anticipate what's coming in the future based on what's occurring in the present and what has happened in the past. And really what that means is, is we look and see what's going on. So, so if you're getting into the foresight world, basically what we do in the foresight world is we look at what's happening now, what do we understand about what's coming in the near future, and how can we, we project out what we think might happen in the distant future? Because for most of us, uh, the next six months are, are not a huge mystery. <clears throat> you know, most of us are pretty comfortable with planning for the next six months because we have a pretty good idea. You know, here we are at the end of May coming into June. We have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen over the summertime. You know, we can plan for it. We can start preparing. Even Christmas isn't too far away. So most of us are comfortable looking out that far. Some of us are crazy and out of the box and we look a year in advance. But what about five years, 10 years, 50 years? Well, that's what foresight really is. Foresight is looking deep into the future. And, and when we start looking past a year, you know, it, we, we, we can't really do that with a great deal of certainty. And so in, in the foresight world, we use things like scenario planning and, and trend analysis and things like that that I'm not going to get into here. But what we do is we try to understand based on what we see today, what we anticipate in the very near future, what's going to happen in the distant future. And so what does that have to do with, with 
servant leadership. <clears throat> well, as pastors, if we are going to say, hey, I am going to exercise servant leadership for the benefit of those that I serve, my congregation, my community, whoever it is that we feel we are uh, have responsibility to as a leader and as a pastor, if we're going to say that, then there comes with that a degree of accountability that we have to have for the responsibility of leading people into the future. Because none of us are leading people into the past. None of us are. Even if we are, are enamored with the past, even if we're constantly looking in the past, if we you know are, have fell in love with the past and really wish we were there, the reality is that every one of us as pastors and ministry leaders, we are all leading people into the future. And so if we're not spending the time and exercising foresight in order to anticipate what the future is going to look like, then we are not serving our people well. This last year has been a huge, huge eye-opener for many of us. Now, none of us, none of us were able to prepare for a pandemic. You know, none of us have it in our policy manual. If a pandemic, global pandemic hits, here are the steps that we need to take in order to prepare and execute and hold church and have ministries. None of us had that in our policy manual. Um, but pre-pandemic, pre-2020, there were things happening in our world. There were trends. There were you know developments. Online church is a good example. It's probably the most overused example. But I'll use it here today just because we all understand it and it's clear. That was a trend that we were seeing in church. And some of us were getting on board and saying, yeah, you know, we're figuring out online church. We're trying to understand it, trying to, you know, utilize it and strategically know how best to use it. Others of us were aware of online church, but, you know, weren't really on board with it. Maybe we didn't have the budget to do it well, or we felt like we just didn't have the staff or the resources, the capacity to really jump on the online, uh, online church bandwagon. And then there's other others of us that said, you know what, this online church thing, it's not really there. It's not really going to stick. It's going to fade in and out. And it's going to go away at some point. But what we learned last year was that online church is here and it's here to stay at least for the immediate future, if not for the long-term future. And as pastors and ministry leaders, it's our job to at least recognize it and then understand how do I lead my congregation into that future so that they can be successful individually. And so we as a church can be successful in accomplishing our mission of advancing the kingdom of God and reaching people in the name of Christ. And so it's vital. Foresight is vital because if we're not taking our responsibility of understanding what's going to happen in the near future and preparing for the distant future, if we're not doing that, then all the little servant leadership things that we are doing are negated because we're 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 not preparing our people to live in a world that's coming. Because again, we are all leading our people into the future. So the question is, are we preparing them for the future? Now, as we've as we've said, servant leadership is something we all pretty much buy into because we see it in Jesus's life. But what about foresight? Is is foresight something that Jesus valued? Well, if you look at Jesus's ministry, from from pretty much the beginning of his ministry on Jesus was always looking forward, future oriented. And even if we were to step back from scripture uh, uh, in a, in its totality, 
Scripture is always forward thinking. It's always forward motion. And so when Jesus comes on the scene and he starts talking about the kingdom of God and 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 he starts talking him, you know, even even though he doesn't talk about it a lot, but he starts preparing for the cross. And he, he starts, you know, preparing his disciples to take over once he's gone. You know, all of those things are future oriented. They, you know, Jesus understands what's going on in his current reality. He understands what's about to happen in the near future, and he understands what's going to happen um, in the distant future. So he's preparing his disciples. He's preparing his people. And in some ways, he's preparing the entire uh, nation of Israel uh, to move forward and to understand who he was as the Messiah. And there's lots of points where Jesus, you know, he even, he even, you know, gives some of them a hard time because they're able to anticipate, uh, you know, agricultural trends and they're able to um, anticipate when it's time to harvest and when it's time to plant and those types of things, but they're not anticipating the move of God. And so Jesus is very foresight oriented. He's future oriented. He's looking ahead. He's, he's understanding that the current reality is passing and that he's leading people into the future. And so if we're saying, hey, I want to be a servant leader like Jesus, then I think it's pretty difficult for us to say, I want to be a servant leader like Jesus, and then negate or dismiss the exercise of using foresight. Because foresight is what gives us the ability to innovate. It gives us the ability to move from ministry um, move away from ministry models that aren't working anymore. It allows us to anticipate cultural shifts so that we can be there when the shift happens and we can meet people at their points of need and we can be there to help them out and, and bring them into a relationship with Jesus and reveal the gospel to them. But it seems like the church is always behind. You know, the joke in, in a lot of, in a lot of churches is that in worship, we're always, you know, 10 years behind where we should be or five years behind from where we should be. And though that's, you know, there's, there's a little bit of a lightheartedness to that. The church in general seems to always be behind and we're always trying to catch up. And what happens is when we're always behind, then we get this attitude about things that are happening in the world that, you know, we become critical of them. We become cynical of them. We step on our platforms and we talk against them rather than anticipating what's going on and getting there before it happens so that we can meet the need, so we can be there to show the love of Christ, and we can change the world around us. And so, so Jesus did it. We, we see that in his life. We see that in what he did. We see that in his ministry. He valued servant leadership, and a part of his servant leadership to his people was to have the foresight to understand what was going on, to prepare them for the future they were walking into, so that even as we, we look in Scripture, we look at the book of Acts, and we look at the disciples and how they navigated uh, the new world they were living in once Jesus was gone. He had been preparing them all along the way because he knew what was going to happen. He understood what was happening. He understood the future they were going to live within. And so as a pastor and a ministry leader, my challenge to you today is what do you see happening today that's shaping the near future and telling you what to do and how to prepare for the distant future? Do you have a five-year plan? Are you looking ahead? Are you looking at your ministry model and saying, hey, this is working now, but we need to do this differently in order to be ready for what's going to happen in five years? Or is your plan really just to replicate what you did last year, this year, and this year, next year, and on and on and on and on? 
Because if that's the case, then what's most likely going to happen is you're going to wake up one day and realize that your church is irrelevant to the community that's in the church. Your church is not reaching people in your community. Your church is, is, is out of touch with what's happening uh, outside of the four walls of your building. And if that's the case, then, then you're probably in trouble um, because you have a lot of catching up to do because you didn't have the ability or you didn't exercise the ability to have foresight to understand what was coming down the way. And so um, my encouragement, again, my challenge to you is start looking down the road. Start looking, you know, there's obviously there's national trends and, you know, things like a global pandemic and all those things that are happening. What about in your community, in your neighborhood? You know, is there some growth happening somewhere in your uh, in your community where possibly a new um, a new location for your church could be or a satellite campus maybe should be set up? Or, you know, are you strategically reaching people in different areas of your uh, community so that when growth is happening, you have your congregation is there ready to be the light to the world, ready to engage new neighbors and and and, and have conversations and invite them to church? You know, are you anticipating shifts in your community where, you know, if you start this program, then, you know, in a year or two, it'll be in high demand because that's where, you know, your community is going. You know, what about, you know, things like the, the, the literacy rate in your community? Is there a growing need for more people to learn how to read? Is that something that's, that's a need in your community and you as a church could meet that need if you understood the trend and what was happening? And those are just a couple of very simple examples. There are trends happening in your local community that if you understand the trends now, you can start talking about how to fix them or how to meet the need or how to serve your community at a larger scale and prepare for it now. So when it hits in a year, two years or three years, then you are prepared and ready. And you may be the only ones with answers because you anticipated what was going on. Instead of waiting for the problem to arise, get out of hand, and then try and fit in there and try and be one of the answers um, as everybody else is reacting to it. And so, again, servant leadership is how we should go. It's the model we should use. We see it in Jesus' life. But my challenge to you is, is don't say you're a servant leader and try to exercise servant leadership without exercising the foresight component of it. Because if you're not exercising foresight, if you're not looking ahead and trying to understand what's coming down the road, then you're really not preparing your people for the future they're going to live within. And you're doing them a disservice and not really serving their best needs and not serving them in the best way you can. So, um, so that's my challenge. Foresight is not as hard as some people may think it is. It's really just paying attention. It's really just looking at the correct data. It's really just understanding culture and society and you can do that just by paying attention, looking around, and there's lots of resources out there um, that you can look at and understand how to, in your local area, uh, understand the trends, understand what's happening, and have a, a mind of foresight to look out across the distance and see what's coming in the next five to ten years. So let me remind you, uh, edisciple.com slash pastor, get your free assessment, your free um your free report that will show you exactly how you can help your congregation understand how they can live a more fulfilled life with in their relationship with Jesus. And at the same time, you as a pastor and ministry leader can have the tools and the resources and the data that shows exactly where your people are having a hard time, where they're really struggling, 
what's really going on in our lives, and you can start being laser focused and pinpointing your sermons, your uh, classes, your courses, your small groups, whatever it is, whatever ministries that you are using, you can focus them in such a way that people not only will want to come, but they will come over and over and over again in droves because you're meeting them right at the point of their need. It takes all the guesswork out for you, saves you tons of time, and helps you focus in on exactly what's going on with your congregation in their personal lives and what's happening in their spiritual lives. So go to edisciple.com slash pastor, check it out. The great people at uh, uh, Life and Leadership Ministries has developed it for you. I had a privilege of being on it with them, and I love the tool. I love the assessment. I love the leading life experience, and I just think that every pastor out there needs to get on it and be a part of it and use this because it's going to change the way you do ministry, and honestly, it's going to change your congregation and the level of fulfillment they're living their lives in. So have a wonderful rest of the day, and I will see you all in the next episode. Thank <laughs> you.